This is our last podcast in the 20s. In the 20s. Uh-oh. Welcome to Podcast 29, everybody. We're getting old. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work in my office today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. It does feel weird that this is the last podcast in the 20s. It almost feels like some sort of like uh, quarter-life crisis. <laughs> like when but, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm about to turn 30. I'm about to be 30. I haven't got there yet. I still got a little ways to go. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, I can't believe I'm, my 20s are, are almost done. This is weird. And, and yeah, so this podcast kind of feels like that. This, this is, is our podcast. This is the last podcast in the 20s. It's getting old. It makes me think. I wonder how many podcasts we'll actually end up doing. I have no idea. What do we? Should we make a goal? Maybe we we never set a goal. We never started. With... I would say that we we should set an, a a goal for one hundred podcasts. Okay, I was thinking the same thing. I think a hundred podcasts would be awesome. I think so too. I think I think it's an achievable goal too. I'd like to get there. It'd be awesome. It'd be fun. Um, I got a couple questions for you. Yeah, right before we started rolling, you said you had some questions. So. I do. I just have just want to get to know you a little bit. <laughs> All right. Let's go for it. What do you got? So here's a question that I have for you. Um, do you currently – do you own your dream car? Uh, no, not my dream car. You don't own your dream car. Do you own uh, – well, you drive a truck. Yes. Is your dream car some sort of form of a truck? Yes. Okay. Yes, but, it is. So you're you're not where you want to be. No. So what's your dream car then? Okay. So I have I have two dream cars, and they, they they tear me apart of which one is. They constantly switch back and forth between one and two. So I'll just give you both of them. One A, one B. Exactly. Nice. Uh, one of them is a F two fifty Ford uh, King Ranch. Yes. Um, with the, the crew cab, the big back seat. Those, um, those leather seats the, are the, amazing. The leather seats. It is, it's like the luxury truck. I've ridden in a King Ranch before. And yeah, I have too. And they are, they're amazing. Yeah, they are. They're, they're wonderful. <laughs> but, I mean, the inside is, is just, the interior is incredible. Yep. Um, it's got all of the features. And it's with awesome. A, with the truck that nice, you treat it differently though, don't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there was a guy, I actually worked for a guy. Um, who had a King Ranch, and he was in his 70s. And so I don't know, maybe by the time I'm like 70, I'll have a King Ranch. And he he owned a very nice horse farm. He actually owned racing horses, um, which was pretty impressive. It's the only farm that I've ever worked on where like I couldn't actually – they wouldn't let me work with the animals because, you know, racing horses are really – I don't know. There's something about them. They're like nobody can touch them except us. Um, I don't know why, <laughs> but there's like that stigma around racing horses. And sure. So, uh, but he had this this beautiful King Ranch, and I mean, he also had another truck, and the other truck did the farm work, mm-hmm. and the King Ranch, he just drove that around. <laughs> that's, his fa- <laughs> that's his fancy car. Yeah, that's his fancy car. Um, so that's one of them, is the, the F-250 King Ranch, and then the other one is a uh, a Chevy El Camino. Really? Um, I love Chevy El Caminos, um, and I have a color, too. And I've seen I've seen just a handful of these. It's like that racing orange mm-hmm. with the double black racing stripe up the middle. When's the last year they made El Camino? 
I'm not even sure. It's been, like they don't make them anymore. Yeah, obviously, yeah. it's an old classic car. So that's like a half car, <laughs> half truck. <laughs> yeah, it just it just looks fast and and kind of bad to the bone. Yeah, and you see him in old like gang movies. I don't know. Nice. I think an El Camino would be really cool. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, they are. They're they're not my kind of car though. No, what, well, what's look, your dream car? They look they look different, and that like bed truck bed in the back is odd to me it's odd but i think it'd still be cool yeah if i mean i will say this i would i would if you owned an el camino i'd be excited <laughs> i mean i would you know what i'm saying yeah like i'd be like sweet man you got el camino. i think that'd be cool yeah so what's my dream car yeah what's your dream car so yeah when i so this story goes way back but when i was a young boy i had an awesome friend his name was rob he lived actually um just down the street from the church, and we hung out a lot. All right. And uh, he had an older sister, uh, much older than us. She was like high school, late high school, college. Anyway, she had a boyfriend. And this boyfriend was always at the house. Okay. Um, so whenever I was there, the boyfriend was always there too. And this probably has a lot to do with it, but this this guy was really kind. Okay. Really nice guy. Um, As a matter of fact... I hadn't thought of him or or seen him in like twenty plus years. Oh, okay, that's and a long time. Then about uh, six months ago, he was at church. Wow! With he ended up marrying that that girl, that same uh, girl. Okay, and uh, he looked the same, but a little older. Yeah, he's and he still had that exact same kind demeanor about him okay right away he's like luke and i and i was like you're the boyfriend of rob's sister he's like yeah i married her (laughs) and uh it was funny he was still so kind that day at church like i was really just he's just the same person anyway really kind really nice to me and rob um and he had a jeep wrangler oh okay it was a simple car i mean like nothing fancy right yeah it was uh, i remember being it's a two-door white jeep wrangler he always had the top off and he had put in a nice sound system oh yeah and i kid you not it seemed like every time i was at the house he was always there and he would always be like hey hey guys you want to go for a ride in the jeep and i remember the first time the going out into the yard jeeps in the driveway and I was like, this is cool. This like top down. Oh yeah. Um, and and he got in the car and he turned on his music, which he 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 loved like punk rock. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. Um I I remember something like a, a Green Day playing or um I can't remember the other band, <laughs> some some punk rock band. Yeah. I had never heard before. And he churned it up real loud. Oh yeah. And took off down the road, top down, and me and my friend Rob in the back. Just being like, this is the life. And Dude, then, as a young kid, you're yeah, living the dream, man. Living the dream. And then he turned down a trail at, off the road and started oh, yeah. going down this trail. And it was like bumpy. And, and and you know, you're kind of going up on your oh, on yeah. the side. Uh-huh. And, and it went through a mud puddle. Oh, we I had so much fun. And then I remember like going over there another time and, and seeing his Jeep in the parking lot when my mom dropped me off. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I hope that <laughs> – he takes us for a ride in the Jeep today, and he yeah. did, and he was so kind. And ever since then, it's been a dream of mine. 
to have a Jeep Wrangler. Jeep Wrangler. And it doesn't even need to be a fancy Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> I'll, I'll take, you know, I'll take a simple Jeep yeah. Wrangler. I don't yeah. want it to be dirty and gross and smelly and broken. Right. But I'll take a, a just a <laughs> normal Jeep Wrangler. I just want to put the top down and take my kids for a drive. Oh, the the Jeep Wrangler is it is high up there on the list of cars that that I would I would drive. And it just feels like it's going to be like a childhood like like a flood of my childhood coming back to me if I could ever get back into a Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. You know, that's sweet. I love sweet. it. Um but really what we want to talk about today is free will. Free will. That's right. Not Free Willy movie. <laughs> yeah, if you search uh, Free Will like Google or YouTube, you'll, you'll they'll want you to look at the movie Free Willy. But that's not what we're talking about. It's not what we're talking about. We're talking no. about Free Will. We are talking about Free Will and how important it is that God has given free will to everybody and everything. Yeah. Even the angels yeah, have free even will. Even the angels have free will. And I just wanted to, when you brought up this topic today that we were going to talk about this, I love this topic. And I just wanted to really quickly, I don't know, maybe give a foundation or a, a base or, I don't know, just kind of an opening statement to talk about free will. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, Pastor Luke, I don't know if you get this question a lot, but I get this question uh, quite a bit um, where people will ask me or, or will have a conversation and they'll ask why, like, why did God allow sin? Why does God allow bad things? Why did God allow Adam and Eve to even, you know, if somebody's a Christian and they're trying to figure this out, why did God even allow Adam and Eve to to eat the fruit? Why didn't he just stop them? Um, All different kinds of questions like that. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's important for us to go back to that beginning, to go back to Genesis chapter 3 and to read that account because what I love about our God is that he is a God of love, and mm-hmm. he created mankind to, to worship him, to love him. And it's not love, though, if it's forced. Yes. And so I think that's something that is key for people to understand when we have this conversation about free will mm-hmm. with, with humans, with angels, with everything we're going to talk about today. Just wanted to kind of set that base layer that we have a free will because if we didn't have a free will, we would just be robots. It would be It would be forced... And that's not really love. You know, robot isn't even a good enough word, Aaron, because a robot would um, kind of paints a picture of like C-3PO from Star Wars. Like, yeah. Yes, master, whatever you want. And he seems he seems totally fine and he seems happy and he's doing his job. Right. Now, the the the, the idea would – a better word would be slave. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that if – if we didn't have free will, we would be a slave to the master. Yeah. Now, now, when you say the word slave, you think of of doing something you don't want to do. Yeah. Being forced to do something. A, a kidnapper would would kidnap a person um, and force them to do to be bound. Force them to work around like do something for them right yeah there that that would be a better picture of of somebody who has no free will right and that is not a god i want to serve no not at all okay so that helps paint a little bit of a picture yeah that one of the reasons why god is so perfect is this whole thing called free will yeah and um, it 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 pr- so free will 
what we always say, we say men have free will and we say angels have free will. And it's important that angels have free will too. Yeah, that's really important. And and we saw that painted early on in the Bible in Genesis where Lucifer and one third of the angels decided yep. to rebel against God. Yep. So they were, they have free will. Still today, they have free will. Yeah. So, which is wonderful because that means that all the activity happening in heaven right now from all the angels that serve God, they're doing so because they're choosing to do so. Yeah. God must be amazing. <laughs> yeah. To have angels serving him for eternity freely. Yeah. That's how good God is. Yeah, that's so awesome. So I like that, you know? Yeah, I love that. I was just thinking about in, I think it's in Hebrews, when uh, maybe Hebrews 3 or 4, when it's ta- it starts talking about angels. Hebrews actually has a lot to say about angels. But what at the end, when the writer of Hebrews gets done, he kind of points it all back to Jesus and like, yeah, but Jesus is better than the angels. So just, it, and I love that because it paints this picture of, Angels are incredibly powerful beings, mm-hmm. and they Christ is so much better that they willingly choose to serve him. Mm-hmm. And, and I really like that. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's some of the questions that, that people will ask themselves or other people as well, and they really desire answers to, to these, some of these questions. So like this question would be like this. If God exists... And you say he's so good. Why is there evil? Yeah. So, yeah. So essentially what they're trying, what they want, they think they want, yeah, is a, and a God who exists, who's all-powerful and is all-loving. They want him to control humanity better. Right. But that's not what a loving God does. Exactly. Because <laughs> like we already told you, God's love is proven with free will. Yes. And so he loves his creation even when they are evil and bad. Yes. He forgives his creation even though they're evil and bad. Which really strengthens the point of God's love. Yes. So much greater. It it strengthens his power. Exactly. So much greater than if he completely controlled everything. His... Power is proven in his restraint. Yes. Because when people get power, they it goes to their head. <laughs> it goes to their head. A little power corrupts, <laughs> right? There's actually a, a whole thing about that. I don't know the, the, the saying right now, but essentially, like, you get corruption when yeah. you get powerful people. They get corrupt. Yep. And, and, and so God has not corrupt, and he's not taking advantage of his power. Nope. Which then proves his perfection and his love for us even more. Oh yeah. And so so there is evil in this world. And that's not God. That's right. the Lucifer yeah. and his one third of the angels that were cast out are yeah. wreaking havoc. He's the uh he's a liar. Yep. <laughs> and he and him and his demons now yeah. they're they they cause all the evil uh in this world, the Bible actually says that the devil is the prince of the air. Yeah. That that he he does rule the air that we live in and exist in right now. Yep. And it, it also says that he was a liar from the beginning. That when he lies, he speaks his native language. Mm. And it also says that his angels 
will disguise themselves and masquerade as angels of light. And so I think, I think the reason that's important to this conversation of free will is because when people ask that question, why is there evil in this world? And they point to somebody that was supposed to be good or something or some concept that they thought was good and now it has turned evil. You have to be able to see that one, the devil, like the, those angels at one point, they had free will. They were serving God too. Mm-hmm. And they chose, to, so people can change, people can flip, people can, I mean, just like Adam and Eve, where they were walking in the garden one day and, and obeying the, the command of God. And then the next day they used that free will mm-hmm. to go up to that tree and to eat it, to eat of that fruit. But also there is an evil force in this world. Yeah. The devil and his, and his demons, they have power here. Yeah. And and so they like you said they do wreak havoc on this earth. Yeah, they they do. Um but God created a I don't know if he created a solution, but he had a, a solu- he had a solution. He has a solution right from the beginning. There was a solution to the rebellion. Yep. And w- right away, his solution to the rebellion with Lucifer and one third of the angels was to cast them out. Yep. So he has the power to cast people out. Oh yeah. So he's protecting his kingdom. Yeah. So he casts out the devil. Yep. He casts out the those angels who rebelled or now all the demons. He casts them out and he put them somewhere else. Yep. He created, he's because he's a creator, he can yep. do that. He created a whole thing for them to be cast into. Yep. And that's where they currently live yep. to this day. And so now, what does he do with those people who rebel or who are lawless in yep. nature. He has a solution for them. He cast them out. He cast them out. Where does he cast them out to? The same, the place, same place. He cast out the devil and his demons. Yep. That's you're going to you're going to be cast out to the exact same place. Yeah. That's the solution to evil. Is that free free will on this earth exists, but once you're done with this world, yeah. And you leave this world and you die, all of a sudden all those rules and laws that exist here in this world change. Yep. That's the best way to explain it. Is yeah. that you're no longer operating under the laws of this flesh, the yeah. body that you're living in. So you have an amazing opportunity right now that you will not have when you die. Yep. And the opportunity is to repent. Yeah. And realize, whoa, I'm I'm a horrible person. Yeah. Um, and God's really good. And he's got a great system and kingdom set up above, up above us. Yeah. I'd like to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I just wanted to bring a little bit of, of scripture into this right here. I've been reading First uh, and Second Timothy, Pastor Luke, and I think it's in First Timothy, First Timothy 1. I believe Paul is writing to his kind of his, his son in the faith. Paul, at this point in his life, he's an older apostle. He's in prison in Rome, awaiting his execution. Mm-hmm. He's writing some letters. He writes one of them to his true son in the faith, Timothy. And he actually, he, he begins to talk about the lawlessness of men and the goodness of God mm-hmm. and how God in his mercy set up a plan from the beginning for men to be saved. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into this, and, and I was the worst of sinners, right? It's a pretty famous passage in Timothy, and I, I was the chief of sinners, yet God had mercy on me to save me, to send me to the Gentiles. But what I like about this, we can actually kind of read, read that and get some of this theology from that, that God in his mercy is not this... Uh, he, he's just and he's condemning, but he's also loving and merciful. 
and he gave us an option. Mm -hmm. And just like it was our option to rebel against him, we have the same free will to choose his love and mercy. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think some sometimes I fall into this trap, and maybe a lot of people are falling into this. I don't know what I want to call it a trap, but maybe they're like an, more of an infancy, infancy way of looking at God. Yeah. Um, is we will box God into this idea that God is love. Yep. So where is all the love? <laughs> or God is love, and because he's love, he's going to let me in. Right. He's going to let me into heaven. Yeah. Um, but that's a really infantile way of explaining God or thinking of God. Yeah. That it's it'd be like saying, so he's he's so much more than just that. Right. I would say that the better way to describe God is he's he's perfectly perfect. Yeah. And that better describes his actions and his plans, his plans, and his, his character, per, his character, yeah. he's perfectly perfect. It, I mean, if you just say God is love, you're like, well, yes, and yes, there's a lot then, of ands. Then you're gonna list a lot of other things that God is also. He's a judge. He's just. He's perfect. He's righteous. He's merciful. He's yeah. forgiving. He's he's all powerful. So like, you could. It's hard to wrap up God and just saying God is <laughs> God is love. Well, yeah, he is. Okay, and. We're happy about that. But also, God is perfectly perfect. And what I'm trying to say is this, is that well, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my wrap this up really quickly. But what I'm trying to say is that um, just because you – it's like saying that uh, – I was. this was my original thought. All right, let's go. <laughs> I'm having a hard time putting my thoughts together. It's be like, Luke, Pastor Lucas is a son. Yes. Yes. And, and <laughs> right, and I'm, and, I'm and a husband these, yeah. and a father and a pastor and, and a, a leader and a friend, yeah. like right, you got so it. many other things. Keep explaining <laughs> who I am. Keep explaining who I am. I mean, he he's an athlete. He works out. Like he he yeah. likes cars. Like I got a lot of other things. I got going. a lot. There's a lot of other things. <laughs> and and if you were to judge me based solely off of Lucas is a son, he's a son. All my decisions are based off of that. I'd be like, well, I'm more complex than that. Yeah, way more complex. Every human being is. <laughs> yeah. And so you got to guess God is love, but he's way more complex than that. He's perfectly perfect. Yeah. He has, he, he's able to, this is, how, this is a great way of explaining how God, who God is. So he's given free will to all mankind, and we have used that free will to create destruction, evil, sin, and ruin things. But he, God, has... Are, has worked out a plan yeah. to make it all to, to a perfect plan to make it all come together in the end to where it all gets settled and it all works out. Yeah. Despite all of humanity's attempts to mess it up. Yep. That's a really a better way to explain who God is. Yeah, and I, I like that because even as complex as as a human as you are, God is so much more complex that we can't even really begin to understand all of who God is. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, that I love, I heard this a few years ago, and it really 
um, kind of shook me a little bit because we hear so much today, and I think we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, the idea of, of woke theology, liberation theology is very prevalent in our culture today. And that is one of the scriptures that I think they love to twist around is that scripture of God is love. Completely take it out of context mm-hmm. and strip away of a lot of the other attributes of God. Mm-hmm. But there's a passage in Isaiah where Isaiah gets this, this glimpse and in, into the spiritual world and that the seraphim are flying around the throne and they're singing praises to God, but they don't say God is love, love, love. Or they, they don't say love, love, love is God. Yeah. They, they say, say love, love, love is God. <laughs> they're singing holy, holy, holy. Yeah. And I think that is one of the attributes that we of God that we tend to not focus on so much today. Mm-hmm. And I think that description that you gave, that perfectly perfect um that goes better with the idea of God is holy mm-hmm. because inside of his holiness, he is love. I mean, for, I think it's first John says that God is love. Mm-hmm. That's in the Bible. That's also, that's 100% true, mm-hmm. but God is love 100% and he is also holy 100%. Yeah. And because of that holiness, he cannot dwell with us an imperfect people. Mm-hmm. And so he gave us an option just like he gave us, just like he gave humanity an option to obey his command in the beginning in Genesis three, mm-hmm. he now gives us an option to obey the gospel after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So here's another question that people have, and we'll we'll wrap it up here with this final question. We'll give a we'll try to answer it. But it says, uh, you know, people will be like, well, if God is so powerful, yeah, like you claim, uh, can't he just do what he wants? Just, just. Can he just do what he wants? And uh, and so when when people ask that question, I get a lot of things that start running through my head. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yes, God is all powerful, and the majority of His power can be seen in how He deals with humanity. Yep, which is it feels like His hands are a bit off of us, but at the same time. It feels like he's constantly whispering in our ear. Yeah. And it's our choice to listen to that still small voice of God. Yep. Whether we say, should I do evil or should I do good? Yep. You know, uh, and and should I think these thoughts that are bad or should I think these thoughts that are good? God is extremely powerful and his power is, if you ask me, power is best seen when its restraint is given. Yep. Forgiveness is offered. Yeah, but most people think, well, oh, power is 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 shown through strength. Yeah, but that's not really true power. No, and I think a story in the Bible that illustrates this really well is actually when Jesus is on the earth in Mark chapter three. Jesus is casting out demons and healing people, and the teachers of the law come to him and they're accusing him of being of the devil. You cast out demons by the devil, and he tells this this really quick illustration. He says, if you know. How could you enter or how could you rob a strong man? You'd have to be stronger, enter his house, tie him up, and then you could plunder him. I don't cast out demons because I'm the devil. And, and, yeah. he, and he kind of is showing I, I'm more powerful than Satan. But in that moment, he doesn't force the teachers of the law to believe him. Hmm. He doesn't change the way that they think. He doesn't do this. In, I mean, he's 
casting out demons mm-hmm. and and healing people who are coming to him in need. But at the same time, the people that are rejecting him, the people that have this wall put up who have a different idea of what the Messiah and God is supposed to be like, he's not forcing them or in that moment punishing them. He's just letting them know, yes, I do have all of the power. I am more powerful than Satan. Mm-hmm. But it's up to you to decide to follow me or not. I'm not going to force you into that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful depiction of what you just talked about. His power, he is so powerful, yet he also exercises extreme restraint. He doesn't need us. Yeah. So let's finish with this last thing here. We've got a few minutes left. God doesn't need us. He, <laughs> he already has countless angels serving him, worshiping him, flying around his throne, singing, holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty, yeah. 24-7. It's already happening. So he has chosen to spend eternity with us. Come on, man. That's which an amazing is amazing because the greatest love is always seen when it is a choice. Yep. And let me prove it this way. When you have a family, we have got a mom and a dad and children. The love between mom and dad is greater than the love between the mother and the children or the father and the children. Yeah. And this is why. It's because a mother and a father lived their life up to a certain point. Yep. Met a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And after meeting a lot of people, decided, I choose you yep. to be with for most of my life. Yeah. Come on. That's a big amount of love. It's a huge amount of love. But with children, you don't choose the child that comes out. Nope. You don't choose it. You personally don't choose it. You choose to love the child. Yeah. Which is great amount of love. It's yeah. an amazing love. An amazing amount of love. But the love between the spouses is greater. Of course, we all the children grow up and leave the home. Yep. But the spouses don't leave each other. They spend the rest of their lives together, yep. which proves their love yeah, exactly. is greater. Come on. And so the choice is is has proven the 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 power of choice proves the amount of, the the power of of love or the amount of love between two people. Yeah, and so if you can realize that God has decided to has chosen to spend eternity with you when He doesn't need to, that's a tremendous amount of love. Tremendous amount of love puts up with so much. Yeah. just to get us up there. Yeah. <laughs> He, per, he did so much just to get us up there. Yep. And Man. he continues to forgive. The blood of Jesus is so powerful enough to forgive. He chooses Amen. to forgive us, and he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. And that's why God is so great. Man, it's one of the most powerful things. I think that you can just just meditate on that for a little bit. Yeah. Because that, that that is such a powerful amount of love. It's crazy. And you're going to experience that love when you get up there. For eternity. For eternity. Come on, somebody. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, it is going to be a good day. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Man, and, I hope... Oh, and it gets even further. <laughs> Let's go. What do you got? Because Jesus, what does Jesus call us? His bride. His... Wow. Let's go. His bride. We're his bride. The bride of Christ. It, it's deeper than a son or a daughter in the faith. We're the bride. The bride of Christ. We're supposed to spend eternity together. And that's a great love. Come on, somebody. Yeah.
Man, that's that's a good place to end. Let's end on that. Thought. Oh, I love it. Oh man, I hope you guys have enjoyed podcast twenty nine. Next oh, week we're, we're going to be, be in our thirties. We're going to be in our thirties. We're going to be thirty podcasts old. Oh, people in their thirties are gross. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Luke's in his thirties, guys. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. All right, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Yep. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today.